Welcome back to the Lutheran History Podcast. This episode is another alternate format episode. It is a recording of the presentation I gave a few months ago at Concordia Lutheran Seminary as part of my coursework uh, for the class on the Reformed Reformation. Of course, the Reformed Reformation isn't focused on the Lutheran Reformation. However, I found an interesting little episode uh, that was a pretty big deal at the time that shows a, a distinct overlap and interconnection between some of those who formerly belonged to the Reformed camp in the Reformation having a concord and agreement with the Lutherans of the Reformation. It took place in Wittenberg in 1536. So this presentation that I gave is largely based on the work of someone else. It's a glorified, uh, beefed-up book report. I did do some primary source research on the side to back it up. But this presentation is primarily based on the work of Gordon A. Jensen, who teaches at the Luther Theological Seminary in Saskatoon, Canada. He published his research in a book simply titled The Wittenberg Concord. So what you're about to hear is that presentation. And basically, uh, the background information you need to know, if you don't know this already, is that during the Reformation, of course, there were more reformers than Martin Luther. The most famous early reformer who tried to do things a bit differently was Zwingli down in Switzerland, but also very early on, a man named Martin Bucer was in the German-speaking city of Strasbourg and the far western part of the Holy Roman Empire, today part of France, but then it was uh, largely a German-speaking part of the empire. Well, anyways, Martin Bucer uh, really liked uh, Zwingli. He also really liked Luther. He wanted them to both get along. Uh, the Marburg Colloquy is a famous episode where that meeting did take place, yet uh, Bucer's goal for having unity between the Zwinglians and the Lutherans did not take place. The main uh, item of contention, of course, for those who know, was the item of the Lord's Supper, specifically the presence of Jesus in the sacrament. As Fingley and Luther could not and would not agree, uh, Bootser wanted to, to brush things over and say, well, it's all just a misunderstanding where, you, you know, we're fighting over words and, and such. Um, and Luther said there's, there's no mistake here. So the presentation is going to talk about what happened when Bootser uh, actually shifted away from Zwingli and more towards Luther and this group of uh, Western and South German reformers who were kind of in the middle between the two, at least for a time, gravitated towards Luther. And they wrote a formal agreement, a concord, a confessional statement, where Bootser and other reformed reformers agreed with Martin Luther on the doctrines of the Lord's Supper, baptism, and on absolution. So hopefully you'll find this topic interesting. Again, it's in a different format. I have recorded my PowerPoint presentation with pictures, with quotes, with maps, with diagrams, and all that, and put it up on YouTube. Normally I put those YouTube videos behind uh, the paywall barrier uh, to, to give something special for our patrons on Patreon, um, but because this particular presentation is probably best seen in a PowerPoint format, I encourage you, if you'd like to sit down and just watch it, to go to the Lutheran History Channel and watch this presentation. Otherwise, though, it's not a bad listen. If you want to just keep on listening to the Wittenberg Concord today on the podcast. Um, I'm going to start off with just a little show and tell because I don't have too many people to share this with. This image of Wittenberg, I don't know if you've seen this one before. Um, I found it at an online auction for really affordable 
And it's from Basel from around 1550. It's one of these kind of world encyclopedias. And it's hand-colored. So you may find this in black and white, but this is like originally hand-colored. So I think it's kind of cool. Um, you can tell how typing is hard. They got the end. I don't know if that's backwards or because it's, it's a mirror image when you are typesetting. So it's kind of a neat little thing. But, you know, it's from it's from Basel. And the guy who put this together, Sebastian Munster, and he started on this project in 1528. He only published, I think this is from 1550. He was constantly updating it. But I kind of wonder, how did how did he get this image? Did he go? Maybe did the delegation of South Germans have an artist with him? Like, how did he get this image? It's, it's a question I had. Um, but anyway, this is the, the Wittenberg Concord. And I forgot how I actually got on this, this topic. I think it appeared in a footnote or just a passing reference. But I thought this is pretty interesting because Martin... Uh, Bootser and uh, the South Germans who were kind of Zwingli leaning suddenly kind of make almost a confessional. I mean, it is a confession of faith that Martin Luther signs. How could, you know, Bootser and Martin Luther signed the same document? And I think that was pretty significant, um, or at least interesting, potentially. Um, the context for this uh, was the couple things going on. You have the Schmalkaldic League. This is an era of trying to get um, political alliances. And the, one of the questions is, can we do this um, with a theological understanding? Do we, how unified do we have to be? This is going on in the background. Uh, of course, this is following the Marburg Colloquy, which I guess, depending on your take, but kind of a giant failure in that regard. Um, so this is kind of, this isn't quite try to, but it, it, it is kind of the, the follow-up on that. Um, so I'm going to, this presentation is going to work with the assumption that you're already familiar with kind of Zwingli and Bootser and, and Luther's view on these things. We're going to jump uh, on the main t doctrines here. We're going to jump into it. Um, the two main issues that they had to deal with were really the Lord's Supper and then kind of fellowship is, or ecumenism, whatever you want to call it, is kind of the the issue in the background and the, the book I'm relying on here um, is here. Um, Dr. Bodie put me on to this. So it's, it's all in here. Um, I'm basically doing a book report on, on this. Um, they, they kind of cover ecumenism. Um, the author, author is Gordon Jensen. I, I don't know him, but he's uh, at least at the time of printing in 2018 uh, was a teacher at the Lutheran theological seminary in Saskatoon and, Canada, um, I think affiliated with the ELCA in America would be that that branch, right? So that's that's kind of the perspective he's coming from. So the final chapter talks about well, what can how can we use this for ecumenism today? And I didn't really get into that, but that's kind of the angle he he's taking as far as application. Um, but the main doctrine that's at the cent the center of this is the Lord's Supper. We'll get into it later, but just for a uh, so you know what it's really going to get at. They cover the sacraments. Lord's Supper, baptism, and then they have an article on absolution. That's all this document is. Nothing more, nothing less. Just going to cover these three. Um, here's another map. We've had a lot of maps. I don't know if you showed this one yet. This is a little bit later of Switzerland. This is basically showing Reformed, uh, not Reformed. So the issue is, of course, you want to get um, as many Protestants united as as possible, and we already had the map of Strasbourg up to the north on the Rhine River. The Rhine, oh, I might have done my pointer. Um, the Rhine River, though, is kind of where it says Margrave of Baden. That's where it is. So you just follow the river north. There's Strasbourg. 
Okay, so we have there's a problem between Bootser and Luther. Um, Bootser had been republishing some of Luther and Bugenhagen's stuff, especially about communion, because we can get on the same page. What do we teach on the Lord's Supper? But Bootser was uh, editing it a little bit, apparently, when he republished it, I think in Strasbourg is where he was doing that. And he made Luther sound like he agreed with Zwingli. So Luther had something to say about that. He said that Bootser had seized my book and loaded it and smeared it with his dung. Of course, Luther would say that. Sure, there's some psychoanalysts who just went all over that. Uh, but then he, he also, at, at Marburg, so he met Bootser you know, uh, face-to-face, he called him a naughty boy, or a rascal was the other translation for that. So how can these guys have a concord, have harmony, right? That's kind of the definition of concord, one of them, an agreement. <laughs> Um, with this kind of personal relationship. And one of the points of this book towards the end for ecumenism is like, it's good to have face-to-face meetings. That's how you get stuff done. Well, not at Marburg. That didn't go over very well because you had the, the dung-schmearing naughty boy and Luther. Okay, So a lot of this is is context. If I could sit here, I could read you the Wittenberg Concord. It takes two and a half pages. I'd be done in a third of my time. So I'm going to have to give you some context for the importance um, because this is kind of the only time we're really delving into to Lutheran stuff, per se, uh, as a primary source. So here's your timeline. you got Marburg Colloquy in October of 1529. Diet of Augsburg is less than a year later. Of course, you got the kind of birth of the Lutheran Church there with the Augsburg Confession. Um, as you recall from our reading, then you had the Tetrapolitan Confession for the the wannabes, you know, the guys who didn't quite make it, uh, the the rump of the of the German delegation, you know, four cities isn't really all that much. They grow, of course, they more than that, but that's the confession that comes through that. We'll look at what they say about the Lord's Supper in a little more detail. But then, just the very next month, um, Bootser isn't giving up. He says this, I want this to happen. Um, I guess people question his motives. Uh, Luther's not very trusting at first. Um, you know, is this just for political reasons? But but Bootser is is convinced um, that this is a this isn't a disagreement on actual doctrine. It's more of a semantic issue. Like we're just, it's a quibble about words. Um, I have the la- the the Greek phrase in here somewhere. Um, it's actually yes, logomachia. Thank you. Yeah, that's just an awesome word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so in a, you know, he, he can be sincere, and yet they're viewing the level of importance of this at two different levels. So Marburg Colloquy, they had agreement between the Zwingli and South, South Germans is what how this book describes uh, Bootser and his, his friends. Um, you know, are we here just for a general consensus, or is this like do-or-die doctrine, and Lutherans are do-or-die doctrine, and the rest are more political consensus? Um, <clears throat> let's see. And then uh, Bootser does visit Luther at the Coburg Castle where he's hanging out because he can't go to Augsburg. And that's September 1530. And here, this is where things turn around. He doesn't get called a naughty little boy, at least as far as we know. Um, Luther was now cautiously optimistic because because Bootser was really saying, you know, we can make 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 it we can make some progress here. Um, 
He was trying to convince uh, Luther that Zwingli was now open to a real presence idea. Luther wasn't buying that, but he thought, well, if, if Bootser's trying so hard to convince me, maybe he actually does believe in real presence at least. Okay. Um, the correspondence continues. Luther wrote to Bootser in January 1531. So again, this is all really close together, just months apart from each development. Um, he said it was dangerous to force a verbal agreement and then have us in fellow fellowship or in communion with each other. Well, the two parties are believing two different things. He said it could actually, um, it's a, like blasphemy. He was using words like that. You can really wreck your soul kind of, kind of stuff. And this is, um, where the interpretation side gets interesting. And Jensen's saying, well, this is a, you know, put in a category of alter fellowship. Um, for some reason, I be, might be more inclined to, to view, well, he's just talking about fellowship in general on a, a unified agreement of doctrine across the board. It happens to be about communion. Um, that I didn't really go into that, but I think those are some historical questions that have place for dialogue today. What was the fellowship issue here, just communion or agreement on doctrine or, or all the above? Um, let's see, what's, what's next here? We got um, Zwingli now, though, is ending all pretense of agreement with with the Lutherans, um, and this is, he's writing to to to, to Bootser. So Bootser really can't win, and maybe it's obvious to us in hindsight. Well, they have two opposite positions; they're not budging. You can't get everyone to like you. So while he went to Marburg, you know Zwingli kind of like Bootser, and now Bootser's kind of going over to Luther, and now Zwingli. To me, it almost seems like there's jealousy over the two first generation reformers. Well, you don't like me, you like him, you know, that kind of thing. And it's about doctrine, but I think personality is is involved here uh, for sure. So uh, we actually get uh, Bootser apologizing to Zwingli, said, I'm sorry for wasting your time uh, with this. He says, I will no longer, quote, harass you for a concord. So Bootser breaks with him, too. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but that's what's going on here. Um, so the Tetrapolitan Confession gives us context now. You get the it falls right between Marburg and closer to Marburg than it does to the Wittenberg Concord, which is in 1536, by the way, if I didn't mention that earlier. Um, here's um, Wolfgang Capito. Um, so this is kind of like I said, the, the rump Protestants, the guys who didn't quite go on along with the Augsburg Confession. Bootser wasn't allowed to have a partial subscription to it, so they came up with this document. <clears throat> As you may recall, when they talked about the sacraments, they talked about an outward word, sacred symbols, visible signs of invisible grace. Okay, that sounds, you know, more reforms of England. Um, baptism, though, they're pretty clear. It washes away sin, saves us, but also made the comparison of circumcision. Um, this is kind of the interesting phrase for the Lord's Supper. Christ deigns, whatever that's supposed to mean, to give his true body and blood to be truly eaten and drunk for food and drink of souls. Okay, so that's, they're defining it that way. So, but again, it's, it's you know, maybe can we see see some common ground here? Um, and they're, they're kind of like Shakespeare. I think they I, I doth protest too much a little bit. Well, we take this very seriously, very religiously. But I think they're trying to prove we're not these crazy Anabaptists. We're not. We don't have a crude idea about this. This is something sacred. Okay. Um, oh yeah, here's here's the break with with Zwingli. Zwingli also um, considered Bootser now to be. Uh, politically motivated by Jakob Storm and other uh, uh, 
civil leaders in Strasbourg. You got this, got to have this alliance, got to have this alliance. So he's, once he stops um, agreeing with, with Swingley on everything, then he's he pretty much calls him, you're, you're giving in to, to Luther. Okay, back, back to the timeline then. Um, how can progress possibly continue? Well, if uh, Zwingli dies, Nakhlampadius dies, well then, oh, Zwingli, Zwingli died in October, I think I missed that point. Uh, well, you have the two personal obstacles are, are gone. So Zbusser not only thinks, well, I, can't, I can bring my people, but maybe I can still get the Swiss if Zwingli personally isn't involved. So you have the first Basel confession that we looked at, um, and then the Constant Articles, or Constance, that's a city on Lake Constance, northern Switzerland. Um, so Bootser is putting together stuff. Lutherans are ready to talk. They're open to talking. We need to kind of come up with, with our position. And by sheer coincidence, Luther comes up with his pre-meeting uh, notes from Melanchthon. He can't uh, travel um, to, to Kassel, and Melanchthon's going to have a pre-meeting for the Wittenberg Concord. So we're going to look at those two documents uh, briefly. The other thing in the background is the fall of the, this is a fun name, the Tauferich von Munster. Anyone know what that is? It's like the Baptist Empire of Munster or realm of Munster. So the Anabaptists went crazy, took over Munster. There's books. Um, Dan Carlin did like a four or five hour podcast on it. It's crazy stuff. Well, that's radical reformation. But some apparently, I just learned this from the book, some of these radicals who are doing forced adult baptism, like at the edge of a sword point, like this is... It gets culty. You get multiple wives. You marry me or you die. Kind of, like literally, that's what's going on there. Some of those people had come from Strasbourg and moved up to to Munster, so it's a little close to home. Uh, what do we think about baptism? So that's in the background too. Immediate context on the timeline. Then you have the first Helvetic Confession in February of 1536. You have the Wittenberg Articles. You know what that? Those are Sarah, right? That's when um, Henry VIII sent. His delegation, right? So again, Protestant alliance talk. Then you finally have the Wittenberg Concord is, is in May. They met for about a week in, in Wittenberg. Okay. So again, brief context. What are they talking about in the sacraments here uh, in Basel in 1534? As a nearly Lutheran, some some that was a criticism from the other Reformed. They say the true body and blood of Christ is offered to us with the bread and wine. Okay, that's a third of the way to Luther's catechism definition, right? Christ is present in his Holy Supper. Okay, so that's, you know, they're, get, they're getting there. So now we have the Constance articles. Like I said, this is preparing for the preliminary meeting. Um, Bootser comes up with these points with his uh, South German, Northern Swiss friends. He says, with the visible things of bread and wine, the true body and true blood of our Lord Jesus Christ are truly presented and distributed. I don't think we would throw the heresy flag at that that one. Anyone? Yeah, just like a yellow. You just, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So don't don't throw it at me for thinking that's okay unless you have, you know, I don't don't see a problem with that. Um, this is also key, talking Christology. Jesus as true God and man is presented and distributed. Okay? So, significant. Oh, this was on... Can you remind me, who was the author of the Constance? Bootser. Yeah. 
and friends, I think. But yeah, Bootser. Yeah, um, this was on the back side of my Wittenberg image, so colored Luther <laughs> put on there. Probably not his best image, but it, it's mine though, so I'm sharing it. Um, so Luther's thoughts on on December 17th. Um, he said there, but this is what he's saying. And Bootser saying, "Oh, it's just a, a mako." Logomachia, you know, battle about words. He's like, no, <laughs> there's no misunderstanding. You were wrong at Marburg. So he's not he's not willing to yield the point. But based on what's coming out of Switzerland, you know, in Basel or the or Constance, he's like, okay, this we can there's there's we can work with that. Um, he was he's going to emphasize the action of God in the sacrament. You know, arrow coming down from heaven. He's doing stuff. Um, he says Christ is truly presented, distributed, and received, and eaten. He's go, he's eaten too. Okay, but Christ's body isn't chewed anymore. So that's his one main concession from Marburg. Okay, we're not chewing Christ's body, moving in this realm of sacramental union. Okay, but. They must concede. At least you're holding Christ. You may not be chew, chewing Christ, but you're holding Christ. So it's very interesting. You're using the senses now. You can, I, do I see Christ? Am I tasting? You know what? It's getting pretty detailed here. Okay. Then we have another, the other uh, kind of background document that we talked about. The first Helvetic Confession um, speaks in categories of sign and substance. The signs are received by the body. The substance, faith alone. Um, baptism is regeneration intended for children. Again, got the Telfer Reich von Munster is, is in the background here. In communion, Christ truly offers his body and blood. The bread and wine are highly significant holy signs. Again, protesting that we're, we're not crazy about this. Uh, true communion of the body and blood is affirmed. Believers are presented with spiritual things that they signify. So kind of a spiritual presence. Um, there's clearly a distinction between spiritual and real though it's not quite quite there okay so now we're actually at the, the Wittenberg Concord you got the background uh, May uh, 1536 so the delegation of South Germans were supposed to meet Luther and Eisenach and if you've been in Germany you do the Luther tour you know the Wartburg is kind of in the corner everything else is to the the east and north a bit so this was kind of the the meeting point because Luther is still under the ban he's not allowed to leave Saxony so this is the the convenient spot um, but Luther is sick and they say, let's move to Grimma. And the South Germans with Bootser say, you know what, we'll just go to Wittenberg. Like, we're already we're already 75% of the way there. We're just going to go all the way. So that's how it ended up being in Wittenberg itself. So this is the word. I think we talked. Did you mention that earlier? Yeah, Xibra is, um, what does it mean? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that. but that's translated as, in the Wittenberg Concord in English, as is offered, exhibited. Well, this is a, a main word. And part of the point of this book is, like I said, the document is so short. Uh, Jensen is, I would say, reconstructing, but he's adding in all this context. They said this one word. They all signed to this one word. But he's pretty convinced they kind of walked away with different understandings of what this word meant. So that's maybe, you know, why don't why don't we all still sign to the Wittenberg Concord? Well, it, it was insufficient for for the true purpose of, of the document. Well, here's Luther's view. Um, Jensen summarizes four points. That's so not Zwingli's translation or understanding of show, signify, or point to, but Christ is distributed to, his, uh, to give his forgiving presence. It challenges the Swiss separation of the cross 
from the sacrament, right? The benefit of the cross is kind of wrapped up and, and received in Christ and uh, in the sacrament. It's also meant to reject any transubstantiation or impanation while joining the forgiveness of the cross. So that past event is present right there in the sacrament. Um, and, and his point, too, is with the dist- distri- distribution is the proclamation of the word. Um, and Jensen says this one word is the key to understanding the real presence debate, in, in his opinion. So the, the other phrase is, is kumpane, which is, you know, just with the bread. So Bootser preferred with the bread. Um, he didn't really like in or under, which, of course, Luther, we all um, in our catechism use those three words. Uh, Bootser likes kumpane, though, with the bread to show sacramental union with believers. That you have the, the bread, the body, or being uh, multi-meaning and avoids impanation. You know, the word in may sound kind of like an incarnation with or impanation, right? Um, sets parallels with the body of Christ, as, as I said. Um, so who, another thing is who receives the Lord's Supper? And this is usually, if I hear one, I've heard one thing about the Wittenberg Concord, it's kind of the litmus test of, are you really a Lutheran? If you say an unbeliever also receives Christ, right? And that's, uh, that's the test, and that kind of comes from from this, um, it's part of it at least. So they re- together in the document, in the Concord, they reject Donatism. They don't use that word, but basically it's not the worthiness of the minister that gives the sacrament its valid- validity. They come up with three get- categories of, well, who, what kind of people could possibly receive? Well, you have the godly, the, the, the pious, using Latin terms, the ungodly. And the unworthy, and they, they, they kind of divided ungodly, unworthy to kind of make everyone happy. But Jensen is saying the Lutherans and the Bootserites, if you want to call them that, had different understandings of unworthy, or at least different nuances on it. Lutherans are sticking to the, the sinner saint idea. We're all unworthy taking it anyway, right? So the unworthy... They say everyone receives them anyway, right? Well, the South Germans would prefer to think of unworthy as belie- the, 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 the not-so-good believers. If you're struggling in your faith, you still, you're unworthy, but you're still re- receiving it. Okay? But they, still, they say everyone is receiving Christ in this document. The Lutherans are going to emphasize that worthiness of the recip- recipient does not validate the sacrament. So both ends, both the, the minister distributing and the people receiving, that is not what makes it valid. It's it's the word. Um, this document, though, does not directly address uh, Christological issues. So again, that's the chief article, if you can call it that, of, of a two-and-a-half-page document. It's, it's on Lord's Supper. They do have uh, items on baptism. This is coming towards the end of the document, but they say, we do not understand God's working in children. So they're trying to avoid the, the rational explanation for everything, meaning to explain how it works. They, 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 they look at the promise of the word um, for the uh, importance and efficacy of baptism. So both everyone there affirmed infant baptism, regeneration and baptism. Um, Jensen brings in the context that Lutherans held that faith was possible prior to baptism. He says this was offensive to the Bootser in the South Germans. Mm-hmm. Because um, they focused on, you know, well, baptism is the thing that gives you the bath of regeneration. We don't see any other way it's possible. Uh, Lutherans like the uh, John the Baptist story, 
which I had a seminary prof who really didn't like that application. So I found that very interesting that at this time and place, you know, they're holding out um, hope for, for babies outside of baptism um, without under, saying we understand how it all works or what happens. So the South Germans um, are going a little bit deeper uh, than maybe the Lutheran thing. They're saying they have a cum aqua, too, with the water, because they want to avoid like a holy water concept, too. Uh, both wanted to avoid ex opera operato, uh, but neither side or the document itself does not mention the issues of original sin. Okay, we also have um, absolution is the final article here. It's pretty much taken from the Augsburg Confession, preserves private confession and absolution, but also says don't make it mandatory. So this, I guess, no big surprises here, but private confession is seen as useful and pastoral. Lutherans, Jensen says, are always going to focus on the gospel proclamation of the right of absolution, while the South Germans are, he says, are a little more focused on the confessional right itself. Okay, real quick, um, just showing you where this is scanned straight from the book. It's really hard to see, probably at that that angle. Um, Saxony, remember, it's it's its own country, really. There, um, we're dealing with a lot of cities, though, for the rest. But every basically, if it's it's on there. Um, it, it accepted the, the Wittenberg Concord, including, interestingly enough, Basel itself and, and Constance. So you get two Swiss cities um, that uh, they went along with this. This is your delegation. You have your Reformed or South German. And you got the Lutherans. Uh, Luther said at the end of this weekend, accept you now as brothers in Christ in regard to these three articles. So again, your idea of fellowship, you know, okay, is he doing kind of unit stuff now or, or not? I don't know. Um, didn't really look at that too much. Um, but you have, you know, Wolfgang Musculus, um, Capito, Busser, probably three main guys that I, I recognize from our, our readings. Um, so I guess the, the question is, is, was this a failure or, or a success um, or not? So the, the Swiss weren't really convinced um, apart from Basel. So if you're saying, well, it's the Zwinglians and the Lutherans are getting together, the answer is clearly no. But what did happen was you had a South German, really West German too, Southwest German um, acceptance of it. And kind of conclusion of the book is they're not, they're not really Zwinglians. Maybe they're not Lutheran, but they're definitely more Lutheran than, than Zwinglian according to this document. Um, boots, you can... They, they, I don't think it's a term to be a Bootserite, but it's kind of what, what they were. But Bootserites could get along with the Lutherans on these things. Um, the, the main uh, takeaway uh, for one of the historians who looked at this, there's consensus, not conquered. So it's not exactly a statement of unified faith, but at least consensus. Um, it also influenced Melanchthon's uh, 1540 Variata, kind of the language used there was, was found again. Uh, I guess the biggest legacy for Lutherans today is that uh, the formula of Concord has direct quotes straight from this document. So they were still referencing it decades later and found it at, more than adequate to, to talk about things such as the worthiness of recipients. Um, and they made sure we know that compane means also in and, and under. So as a starting point, at least for some of those articles. So it was a, it was a process. You know, the Saxons pretty much. I mean, they're all right there in Wittenberg. 
who, who else are you going to ask if Luther and Melanchthon sign on to it? Um, Spalatin signed it later. I believe too is kind of the government signing off on it. You know, the secretary of the elector. Um, yeah, we're good. And that's a nice thing about having the electorate of Saxony. That's this whole region just in a, you know, 30 seconds of signing, the whole region now is, falls into line. All these other cities, you have to go to the city councils and kind of talk this through. And that's a big, you know, geopolitical difference. Um, that was a challenge, perhaps, of getting conquered. But it happened in, the, in those cities. It's called a conquered, right? Yeah. So it's an agreement, but... <clears throat> Right. It was it was limit it was for limited purposes, and I, I didn't have the quote right up on here. But uh, you know, Luther realized that you don't need to have full doctrinal agreement to have a political agreement. He says you can make countries can make alliances whether or not you agree on your faith. You know, kind of the two kingdoms idea. So, well, you know, kind of two different levels. And it's almost flipped. Like the Lutherans take the doctrine more seriously than just you know, uh, a general, uh, general vibe, but then the, the reformed are going to take the political aspect more seriously. And there's another document in there we didn't get to about what do you do with, uh, the government taking over church lands and they had opposite responses to that as well. So, and it says, it starts off the preamble, preamble is, you know, Bootser and his friends, and it says they believe this, they believe that, and it's all, some view it as a, a, a concession by Bootser and friends. I maybe should have made that much more clear. Um, in a way, like Luther and Melanchthon are, you know, signing off on. Yep, they made their confession. They were wrong. We were right. It doesn't it isn't said that way? But they're basically sounding like Lutherans at this Wittenberg Concord, and they said, okay, we examined the, you know, almost like a confirmation examination. They they said what they were supposed to say. Um, we can now say we agree on these three articles. So it's much less of two two sides coming together and hashing things out. But depending on who you ask, it maybe seemed to the Lutherans that these guys are making a different kind of confession, right? Yeah, concession confession. All right, that is it for our presentation on the Wittenberg Concord. Hopefully you found that somewhat interesting. Again, if you'd like to watch more and see more of the information with images and quotes uh, in a better format than a podcast, please go to the Lutheran History channel on YouTube where you can watch the presentation there. If you'd like to see more YouTube videos, behind-the-scene content, you can always become a patron on our Patreon. 